of podcasts you are listening to. <clears throat> You're listening to Weird Christian Twitter, the podcast, with your hosts, Amy, Andrew, and Finchface. I think we're five years away of being extinct. Oh, Earth is ghetto. Oh, Earth is ghetto. Oh, Earth is ghetto. I want to leave the very most 10 being extinct. We we just don't bring talent on here. Hmm. Besides me. Wow. <laughs> I think you just insulted the rest of your guests if I'm the top. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, this podcast is it's, you know, it's really dumb. I don't know if you've even listened. You can be honest. If you I haven't, but I like dumb podcasts. Awesome. If we don't have awesome. to be serious, I'm good. The whole thing that we were trying to do is just elevate some of the, the smaller voices that are on Twitter. You're you're the biggest of the small voices on Twitter that we've had on this podcast. So welcome. I'm the most well-known unknown person. <laughs> yes. Big. Yeah. So uh, so this is our, uh, we, we also, we don't call this a podcast, Eric. No. This is our cult. No, this is a cultivated, it's a cult. audible experience. Oh. Some experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some call it a cult. We've learned that if you refer to these things as experiences, it's a little bit more trendy. Well, we're looking it's for the millennials. incarnational experience. It's been an experience so far. I know. Yeah. I think people don't know. We probably wasted 30 minutes of Eric's Saturday trying to get the technology to work. Are we live? Like, is this the actual experience yeah. right now? Yeah, that this is how professional have? we are. We just wrap it on. So <laughs> people will be like, they'll make it this far. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why they listen. We really don't understand this. You know, admittedly, I think I first experienced you last year on Twitter as people were sharing a lot from um, your book. And uh, so I did do some research beforehand. I just wanted to ask you, like, Uh how did you get into Viking history? Oh, yeah. Those books, that that series there. Yeah. Yeah. The Viking fiction. Well, really, it's a it's a long story. We envisioned like really playing out this joke that we mixed you up with ericschumacher.net instead of .com. Yeah, and that's not that's not me either. ericschumacher.com isn't me either. Is that the actor? actor? I don't even know what that is. Let me look. Is that an actor? That might be the actor. Is that the one that you follow? I am EM. Aha. Yeah, there's an actor and he almost sort of looks like me no e- eric shoemaker.com is it's free you should it's grab it scientific technology guy yeah because I, I looked up some quotes yeah. you need to you need to grab it if it's free if it's up yeah i should grab it oh there it is em schumacher okay yeah yeah that, that went to you that went to you yeah but yeah you told you told me to grab it because i used to have andrewnovell.com when uh-huh. i thought when I thought that I was going to be some big mega church pastor and I was going to write books and, <laughs> and you got to grab those things up. Who isn't called to do that? Yeah. I, yeah. Me, because I'm a woman, but whatever, carry on. Yeah. If you're not, if, you, if you're not that, you're probably not into biblical manhood. <laughs> so Eric, um, definitely wanted to talk with you about your novella, novella, novella. Is that how you say it? Novella? Telenovela? Novella, yeah. It's kind of like a feminized version of your last name. Exactly. So. <laughs> Is your wife a novella? Does, does Amy get to talk on this podcast? It's experience. No, no. I'm just, everyone thinks I'm a raging feminist. 
I just sit here quietly, like like some submissive woman? I was going to ask, why did you? This is my one question. So why why did you do a story um, as a woman rather than a man? Yeah, that's a great question. I um, one, that's just sort of the character I woke up with in my head, and two. As a pastor, I've been able to become friends with and visit a lot of elderly women in care facilities, hospitals, uh, church members, and uh, yeah, they've been really good friends to me, and uh, it just felt like a natural thing to do. That's my one question. I can be silent now. Carry on. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so I actually finished my last name up this morning. Mm-hmm. I actually cried, and I don't know how much you want to reveal or t- I don't want to give any spoilers away because I want to encourage yeah, people yeah. to, to read not give it away. Yeah. So I, I guess I thought about personal experiences. Yeah. Me. I hear, I hear from a lot of people who's, you know, have had a, a parent or a grandparent uh, die from Alzheimer's. And so, you know, for the listeners, um, the story is told first person, first person narration told from the point of view of a 95 year old widow who's in a care facility suffering from Alzheimer's dementia and uh, she's confused about the present and she sort of relapses into clear memories of her past. And so you get to hear the high points of her life story. What was the inspiration? How did you come to writing this story? Yeah. So I kind of had an idea in my mind for a story that took place inside someone's head, like an elderly person's head Mm -hmm. and uh, in terms of dreams or memories or whatever, and uh, didn't quite know how it was going to happen. And I woke up one morning with a character basically formed in my mind mm-hmm. and uh, a sentence. And so I sort of wrote the book around that. It was looking for like a, a deep. It was just I, I dreamed it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not based on uh, any real life stories. Okay. Well, now I feel bad for crying. I read it. Yeah, you should. It wasn't that bad. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd kind of like to talk to you about the other book as well, like because obviously you've got two books. The other one is co-written mm. by someone that is clearly um, more popular on, with you yeah. on, on Twitter. And when did that get written? Uh, worthy? Yeah, Worthy. Yeah, go on. You've yeah, so my first published book was Worthy, Celebrating the Value of Women. And it's written, co-written with Elise Fitzpatrick. And uh, Elise has written 24 books now. And she has 20,000 Twitter followers. And I've written two books now and I have like 6,000 followers. And so I I thought this might come up and, you know, it's just, it's really uncomfortable to point out that Elise has like 800 followers per book and I've got like 3,000 per book. So I I don't really, really want to flaunt that, you know. (laughs) Um, But is it really per one book or three quarters of a book? Yeah, that's the other thing is, you know, well, okay, yeah, so <laughs> I wrote the better half of Worthy and and uh and then there's, you know, my my novella right. which counts as maybe like a half book, quarter book, something like that. So, yeah, like it's probably part- like 3 quarters book. So, how did you end up writing Worthy then? Because that's obviously a, a more substantial book and I mean, one thing I'd noticed is I've seen Amy Bird's book and the pushback that she's got from writing that, which I think 
theologically is from a similar position for me. I know she's a Presbyterian mm. or whatever, and you're Baptist, but theologically in terms of complementarianism, like it's a similar mm-hmm. line of thought, but she has had massive pushback. And as far as I've seen, you haven't. So I don't know, maybe talk about that or like talk about why you ended up doing the book. No, right, yeah. Book. yeah, Amy's had a lot of pushback and some of it not very fair or kind um, or Christian maybe. Um, I, I think, uh, what, what helped with worthy is that it's co-written by a man, you know, the books that have come out pushing back on the problems with how, um, complementarians have treated women or overextended principles of complementarianism or what have you that have been written just by a woman have received a lot more pushback than books that have a male co-author. And I, that might have something to do with it. I don't know, but I, I was shocked by what happened to Amy. It was it was awful. And uh, uh, speaking of awful things, uh, Twitter is where uh, Worthy got its start. And so apparently good things can come off of Twitter. And uh, I had been listening to the stories of women in the church and trying to understand their experiences and what it's like for them and been paying a lot more attention to women in the scripture. And so I tweeted a string of women in the Bible who were the first persons, male or female, to do certain things. And a ministry asked me to turn it into an article for their website. And so I did that. And then Elise read the article and she said, come on my family podcast, uh, which is about as crazy as this podcast. And, um, (laughs) and while I was on there, Elise said, Elise said, you should write that you should turn this into a book. And I knew that nobody knew who I was and would never publish me. So I said, you should co-write this with me. And she said, I'd love to. And smart. So there comes a book. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading that um, this week of how that came to be. I'm really lagging on. I I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. That was not what you were doing last time on. I can tell. That's why you haven't finished it yet. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say something really nice, Eric. And I'm not even a complimentarian, but whatever. Some people think I'm not either. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're connected. Your connection is really bad. So like literally just like hit the X on the browser and jump back in. I love how you're mansplaining to her how to leave a call. Fair. Get up now. Am I not, um, am I, am I delayed now? Am I all right? Well, hold on. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. Amy. Yes. No, sorry. I was, I was swallowing then. Am I... are, are people still <laughs> listening at this point? I don't even know how to turn my camera off. Look, I can turn it off. I... I'm not going to say anything. You were going to say something nice, Amy. I'm not going to say anything. Put a camera. I should put my hand up. Put my hand up and I'll put my hand up when I want to speak. Put the camera back on. Put my hand back on yeah. and I'll, I'll go full brethren I... and put my hand up when I want to speak. <laughs> we'll call on I you, love Amy. it that it's delayed. It's, I love it that it's delayed as well because you laugh like about... Five seconds after I've said something funny, put my camera back on and I'll put my hand up, like legit. Like I'll put my hand up. I don't know what else to do. I'm clearly not at a divine. crisis of faith right now. He's like, "How complimentary do I want to be right now?" <laughs> totally just ignore the camera. And that voice that's speaking. <laughs> listen to me. Listen to me. Put my camera back on, Andrew. I can't I, I get can... it on myself. I can't. <laughs> I can't. It won't let. 
I hate you all. I hate you all. Amy, we can't peep on your camera. That's not how this works. Andrew, turn my camera off. You must be able to turn it back on again. I can't turn it on. I don't know I how to turn it on. It won't oh. let me. It won't let me. It won't let me. It's literally now like grayed oh, okay. out and I'm I'll, pressing I'll and it won't my really... questions into the text box. <laughs> Can you read oh, this? Oh, Lord have mercy. No one respond. No one respond. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, we can read this. Oh, we can read this. I, just just oh, go ahead, whatever. I am being recorded, so. Yeah. But we can, you are. Yeah. yeah. Ask, you, Eric wants you to compliment him. Okay. So pick up with the point. You, About what? Yeah, because I'm a complimentarian. <laughs> you do know you stole that. Look, you do know you stole that word, don't you, from the egalitarians? That's all we need to know. Yeah, that actually used to be egalitarian. I know that. I oh. I have pointed that out on my podcast several times. The first person to ever use compliment between the genders was yeah, an egalitarian that was scholar. Stat, that was the word they used. Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we had, uh, what's her name? Uh, Tish Harrison Warren, the Anglican mm-hmm. priest on our podcast. And she said, mm-hmm. she said, my husband and I compliment mm-hmm. one another. Um, that's, yeah. that's how these relationships it's changed work. Now. They're, they're talking about being so. a mutualist now. So if you read Scott McKnight's work and my principal, who's Lucy Pepiat has written about women, they now starting to use the word mutualist, not egalitarian. So there you go. It's a fun fact yeah. for you. That was fun. I love the British condescension. It's a fun <laughs> fact for you. It's not meant to be. I was Deal just, with it. Whatever. Amy, yeah, I absolutely, no, okay. I absolutely um, adore What you. were you talking like, about anyway? Because I clearly lost our list. Um, carry on. What were you so before, before you were talking oh, about well, Worthy. Yeah. And you said you, you were going to say something nice to Eric and about him. Uh, yeah, I can't remember what I was going to say now. I just, I just think that actually, like, in, in, in some of the world that I see, the Southern Baptists, you know, people call themselves complementarians and stuff, and they seem pretty harsh to me. Like, at the end of the day, I, I'm not a complementarian. That's fine. We don't, you know, I'm not interested in debating with people about that. But I just find that I love your book and what Amy Bird's doing, and maybe some others I don't know, is just trying to bring that love back and that respect of women because you know fine have your theology about not having women in eldership and and whatever you know what whatever their complementarian sort of ideas are depending on what people describe to but just that that love and respect yeah. that you have and the gentleness it feels like a gentleness bringing back the gentleness to women so i really like that i appreciate that i you know i think um well, at the end of the day, I, I think we do have to be kind if we're going to have Christian theology. You know, if uh, we're following Christ, then we should be gentle and lowly and mm. and loving and kind. And and those guys that demean women and devalue women and tell them to shut up and are cruel on Twitter, they're not. I, they might call themselves complementarians or patriarchs, but I, I I doubt they're even Christian. I mean, you, you don't treat your neighbor like that and be a follower of Christ. I was reading your, um, I think it was 2018 article in Fathom Mag. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that was your story of leaving the pastorate role at the time. So yeah. you are pastoring again. I am. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, um, I'd encourage folks if they want to get to know me, go to Fathom and look up that article. I think it's called Leaving the Stage or something like that. And it chronicles uh, just sort of the... Uh, I mean, I don't mean to correct you on your own title, but it was titled Giving Up the Spotlight. Okay. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't have these things printed out and hanging on my wall. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> 
minutes. He's got a quilt of that article. Just... <laughs> but, I mean, keep going. I cut you off, but it's an incredible article. I resonated. I won't. Yeah. So basically, it talks about the mixed motivations in my heart in going into pastoral ministry. On the one hand, you know, wanting to glorify God. And on the other hand, uh, what you said earlier about, you know, needing to be a megachurch pastor, you know, that's well known and speaks at the big conferences and all that. And just a lot of pride in wanting to be yeah. known and seen and celebrated. And, um, and, the, and the way the Lord just pretty much beat the crap out of me and, uh, you know, uh, humbled me in a very kind but severe way. Uh, just, you know, a lot of church conflict and nothing went the way I thought it would. And it led to a lot of uh, depression and anxiety and, and finally just realizing I need to, I need mm. to step away from this for a time. And so now I'm an, I'm an associate pastor. So I preach rarely, you know, um, maybe a couple of times a quarter. Um, otherwise I, I try to stay behind. How'd the you get back into pastoring of, of sorts? Sure. So I, uh, when I left, when I quit, I didn't have a job, um, which I wouldn't advise. And I started working for a friend's uh, mission ministry and was director of operations for them. And it was only, you know, I, I think I took a cut in pay that was over half, you know, uh, so we weren't making mm. very much money at all. And it ended up, uh, my, we were supposed to move out of state for the job. And my father-in-law had mm -hmm. leukemia and we just didn't feel right in the end about leaving the state and being so far away from him. And so we actually ended up moving into their house and, um, and then, uh, was trying to figure out what I would do for other work. And, and a friend came along and said, Hey, uh, we're creating this associate pastor job and we'd love to hire you. And, um, so, you know, six months later, um, I took that job and it was full time. So left the mission agency and, and now I'm associating as a pastor. I, um, I just want to go on the record though and say, um, I really appreciate that about you. And I can think of other, like I said, I've connected to a lot of seminarians, a lot of pastors and things like that. And, um, you know, with all the recent news, RZ, yeah. um, other pastoral scandals, I, I always, I think it's really easy for me to get all pissed off about the church and, and stuff like that, but also, um, you know, for every scandal out there, there's just hundreds, if not thousands of just anonymous pastors seeking anonymity, if I said that right, trying to, to serve. And, and I think for those guys and girls that are doing that, I just really appreciate how they're just going quietly about their business serving the Lord. Yeah, seriously. And Eric, it was a quote from that article that it was it is surprising how sincere one can be in both pursuits, glorifying God and glorifying self. And I thought, man, if you could, I wanted to throw that at you and flesh that out just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I think we have to be honest with ourselves and note that that tension is there. You know, um, I don't know that any of us do anything with entirely pure motives. Uh, you know, the flesh is always there. And Paul's saying, you know, what I want to do, I don't do. And what I don't want to do, I do. Mm. And, you know, the spirit and the flesh are at war with one another. And um, it, yeah, so just realizing that was there and that it needed to die was um, a good thing. I mean, it feels like death 
And, and even now, you know, um, I, I was, I was just sort of, yeah, it's, so even now, like writing this book with Elise and now we have this podcast and, you know, um, get to hang out with Beth Moore for a couple episodes and Diane Langberg and Paul Tripp and all these folks. And actually what I really like about it is I don't have to go anyplace and I don't have to actually see people. And, um, so you don't have to worry about like these conferences <laughs> where not that anybody would know who I was at a conference, but it's, it's, it's just, you're just at home, you know? And, um, but it's, it's weird having your name out there more now. And, um, and then you still have to check your heart on that. Like, why am I doing this? And I think there's a real sense of irony in, in the whole thing. Like people talk about God having a sense of humor because, um, you know, I would have been making fun of Beth Moore and I, I think I would have kept women sidelined and, um, and not valued them like I ought to have. And now the majority of my public ministry is talking about the worth of women and advocating for them. And, um, I'm, uh, I'm not a woman. I hope that's obvious. Uh, but you know, so I'm not advocating for myself. I'm not advocating for myself. I'm, uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's just, it's just kind of a, a weird thing to try to put, to have, to have a bit of public space to speak into and to use it to promote others. I just want to, I just want to note that we're having this conversation as three men and our hey, Amy? Where did is Amy completely go? muted out. Did you <laughs> Did you read that verse about women must be silent on the experiences? Yeah, my, my internet is <laughs> cutting in and out. Amy, are you even there? Where is Amy? I'll Amy. be honest. I was most looking forward to talking to Amy. I know. It says offline now. I hear the the Brits just have a really poor internet connection, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're not willing to learn from us on this technology. I mean, they're still bitter about losing the war and all that. <laughs> Amy, are you? It's, yes, it's you're back, Amy. Amy. We've missed you. Oh, no, it's terrible. Amy. I don't know what's happening. Um, what were you talking about? Rule Britannia, how we ruled the waves in the third of the world for most of, uh, yeah, whatever. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. I've seen and, the your, crown. I know. and your queen broke the Billy Graham rule with Billy Graham. I saw that on the crown. We don't, we don't, do, we don't do the Billy Graham rule over here. Um, uh, yeah. mm. So, so um, Eric, we'll try to wrap this up so we don't take up too much yeah. time. But Amy, hopefully you can stay long enough to, uh, to take the next bit here. Um, I have one more small question before you take over. So, Eric, um, I just got to know... I, I just didn't get a good sense theologically and, and it's really going to make or break your book for me, man. Okay. Did Lottie, was Lottie's baptism, was she sprinkled? I don't want to make you, I don't want, I don't want any spoilers. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Amy. Oh, so we're going to do the uh, weird Christian Twitter um, questions that people put in. There was only a few. Yes, please. So, yeah. okay. Take it away. <laughs> yeah, that's a no. That's, that's how she's going to record, guys. 
I'm just saying. <laughs> the humor of it is not lost on me, to be honest. Just do it for me because my internet keeps cutting out. I know I'm here, but just just do it for me. Hey, it she's back. Cutting, it just keeps cutting out too. It's, it's, it's driving me nuts. I just need, like, just, yeah, one of you boys do it. I've put all the, they're all in the chat, all right? So just cut this out, but it's driving me nuts. So, yeah. I want to know what she was sipping in that cup. Uh, oh, that was vodka. Yeah, that was. Vodka. <laughs> oh, you yeah, know. you know. Yeah, it was vodka. It's the evening for me. It's half five now. <laughs> yeah. It's also lockdown. I've got nothing better to do. Yeah, anything past twelve. So, is so we now we get into vodka and her connection surprisingly works. She's working. <laughs> yeah. Just ask a question. Weird vodka Twitter. <laughs> she gets out there like a bison in the snow. Uh. <laughs> um, so yeah, which one would you? Uh, which one would you eat, haggis or black pudding, if you had a choice, if you had to survive on one? So that's eating food out of a, of a sheep's stomach, I think, or blood. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be amazing. Yeah. I love this. You know, QAnon is, like, trying to expose that, like, U.S. politicians, like, eat blood and drink blood from some pizza shop in D.C. And the Brits are just like, hey, yeah, we have it for breakfast. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I, oh, wow, I haven't tried either one of those yet, but I think I'm going to go with the black pudding because so far as I know, it's not been banned in the U.S. Oh, okay. And Haggis is. Oh, is it? Or oh, was. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'll go with the black pudding. Okay, um, so I didn't know this that either. is from Exile in Babylon, and he said, what is your favorite Johnny Cash memory? Are you a fan of Johnny Cash? Is there a connection there? I don't know. I'm a huge Johnny Cash fan. That's who's in my... Picture, profile picture on Twitter, and oh, um, it's like a serial. Killer. I don't know. There's a lot of great memories. I think a serial killer. Yeah, no, that's the other guy next to him. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so, so one time when Johnny Cash and his band were in the early stages of uh, touring the U.S. with uh, like uh, Jerry Lee Lewis and Elvis Presley and all those, they'd be staying in those little motels, and so. Uh, the band was split up between two motel rooms and they had asked the front desk for a adjoining room, you know, like a door between them. And uh, so one of his bandmates went out in the hall and took the fire ax uh, that was off the wall, hanging on the wall and chopped a door through the wall between the rooms. And they were all probably high on pills and drunk or something like that. And, and so then they realized, well, what are we going to do? You know, we just, chopped a hole in their wall. And so <laughs> they, um, they chopped a hole in the door and put the ax back. And then they went down to the front counter and said, Hey, we just got back and someone broke into our room and, uh, chopped through the wall to try to steal our stuff. And, and the hotel manager bought it. Wow. That's got no connection to that film that it goes, here's Johnny. <laughs> That's not any connection, eh? No. Yeah. Well, that's funny, isn't it? No, but maybe that's where they got it from. Well, that's the shining. what I was thinking. Like, because he says, here's Johnny, this thing, and then he like, gets the, through the door. Okay, fine. Uh, right. I got another yeah. one. Hannah Kate says, oh, That was a Johnny Carson. What, what beard oil do you use? Do you, do you use beard oil? I don't. It's the, the beard oil, the beard's too short now to need oil. And when it was really long, I didn't use oil. I used a beard balm. And I think it was like old Am Amish, super strong beard balm. 
So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it did the work. I have a really coarse beard and it gets really wild. So the last question is, what does your songwriting process look like, alone or with co-writing? What advice do you have for writing congregational songs? Oh, that's oh, good. Wow. Who so asked I, that? Caitlin Walton. That is a great question, uh, Miss Walton. So I write uh, congregational songs uh, with a ministry called Hymnicity. And my co-writer is David Ward. And we basically write like we're rarely together for songwriting. So sometimes I will just write out a song text. I do mostly lyrics and then send it to David and he'll write the tune or he'll get a tune and get a text started and send it to me and, and we'll finish it. Every now and then we get together for a songwriting retreat and, uh, and write together. So it's, it's sort of wherever we're at, whatever works. Um, advice for congregational songs I strongly encourage folks to write to meter. And I, I got started writing to hymn tunes, which have, you know, a set meter. And it makes the flow of the lyrics and the melody very predictable for the congregation. So they're not guessing. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these uh, modern songs will have, and, and you'll probably notice it, they'll have, you know, the verse, verse one will be metered a certain way. And even though it's to the same tune, verse two, the way it flows, the meter. Uh, is going to be different and it, it can confuse the congregation. And since our, our aim is to be voicing this together in one voice, uh, it should mm. be in a way that is easy for all of us to sing together. And to that point as well, uh, set them in keys that a congregation can sing. Don't try to get tricky or cool with your melody. Um, the congregation's probably not there. You may have studied jazz in college or whatever, but um, they're not gonna they're not gonna get these uh, cool intervals and all that. So, write something people can sing and write it in a key they can sing. And a lot of the uh, you know Christian artists have learned that um, if you get a hit as a song that is a worship song, then I, I mean I don't want to disparage their motives, but basically you get. Uh, double royalties because once it starts getting used in churches, then uh, Mm. you get the CCLI royalties off of that as well. And so you can kind of extend the life of a song by recording a worship song that gets played on the radio and, and you get the sales from that. And then it gets longevity of use in the church. And right now in the U S I think it's, I mean, it's like 80% overlap of the most popular worship songs and the most popular songs on the radio. And so um, that's where a lot of churches are getting it. The problem is, is a recording artist records songs because they, they have a, a talent and they have a unique voice and that's what's shown off. And so they're singing in keys and in ways that your average normal everyday person can't sing. They can't sing that high. They think they can in the shower or in the car, but they, they really can't. Mm-hmm. And so if that's how you try to play it and arrange it, congregational singing, um, you're just going to have to end up having one superstar voice on the platform and the congregation sort of mumbling along as they watch. So um, so basically one night I had a Chinese and thought it was funny because this is just me to go and buy a box of 12 fortune cookies off Amazon just because I don't know why I did it, but I did. <laughs> it's just who I am. <laughs> 
How much, yeah. much vodka was involved been drinking in this a few. So I thought we would do a game where we would do uh, evangelical Twitter meets Eastern uh, superstition. So I'm going to give you a, um, a fortune. I'm going to do an example Whoa. here. So I'm going to do a fortune. We'll just do a couple. But I do a fortune cookie, and then you have to basically uh, make a sermon tweet out of it, make it turn it to Christ. Yeah. So for example, this one. Yeah, oh, so this yeah, one it's yeah, not. Yeah. It's not too late to travel the world. And I've been like, it's not to travel the world. But there was a man called Saul who travelled on a road to Damascus. Turn with me to Acts, like that. That's that, yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, like a little Jesus dude. Yeah. But here's, here's my box of uh, three kids. <laughs> it's awesome. So are you? Wait, are you? Are you literally going to open up the? So you no, have not seen these. I just opened Amy, one. You have not seen these fortunes yet. You're yeah, going to literally open them up. I just gave one to, to the examples. So I have no idea what these are. Wow. And I just like eating them as well. That's why I bought them. I want the yeah, cookie. I like the cookie. I think it's nice. All right, ready? <laughs> I will gladly give you guys my cookie. I just want right. the fortune. Jealousy a is a single. useless emotion. So. <laughs> <laughs> We lost you, Amy. We heard none of that. Just go. <laughs> Whenever you're done chewing. You're flipping into that. Uh, right. Jealous. Jealous. Right, ready? Right. Time's ticking, Jealousy baby. Let's go. It's a useless emotion. Go. Who's taking this? Yeah, I'm taking this? You're you. It's all you, Eric. Okay. Yeah. Jealousy is a useless emotion, but the Lord is a jealous God. Turn with me to the account of Phineas in Numbers. Oh, whatever. <laughs> oh, he doesn't oh. have the Bible memorized. Right, next That's one. Sure. No, I just in Hebrew with no chapter division. Next one. Beth Moore would have had the reference. Ready? Right, next one yeah. is just observe and you will learn a lot. <laughs> just observe. And you will learn a lot, said Paul, as he told the women to be silent in the churches. Turn with me to first Corinthians. I thought you were, I was like, oh, I thought he was going to do like imitate me as I imitate. No, you went. I just wanted to provoke Amy. There were 12 and you're already down to one? We're doing three, right? She has to eat. Yeah, one Timothy two. Right, surely it's Ireland, but anyway, wherever. I'm not going to tell a preacher where the scripture is. He should have gone to. So next uh, question. (laughs) No, that's that's First Corinthians fourteen, isn't it? It's one Timothy two. Women should be silent in the church. One Timothy two, verse eleven. Trust me. The amount of times I have that on Twitter. One Timothy two, verse eleven to twelve. And then I always, and I always tell him, I always tell him to go to First Corinthians first. He opened his Bible. First Corinthians fourteen thirty four. The women should be silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak in the audio experiences. What does Paul say afterwards? That one That's usually not the one people go to. Because then he goes, "Are you the one that?" Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying what my interpretation of that is, but <laughs> I just can't wait till we market this as the guy who co runs the worthy podcast is you know that's gonna be a no 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 right? this uh, this so. is supposed to be turning it into evangelical Twitter. So I'm taking on the personality <laughs> of some other people here. Oh that's right. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, this is this uh, is not me. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, this is news. Beep. We are fake news. Right. Fair enough. You're done. Now you figured okay, out how we're going to get one, down Last by. one, right? Last one. <laughs> right. Oh. Okay. Don't find fault. Find a remedy. Woo. Don't find fault. Find a remedy. Now turn with me to the story of Jael in Judges chapter four. Yeah. Four? four. Is that four? Yeah. 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 So she found a remedy. So that was a lot of fun. Holy cow. That was good. That was all Amy's yeah, idea, welcome. that game. So brilliant, Amy. But but man, Eric, grateful for you coming on and doing this with us. And I'm really grateful for your new book. Hopefully our two listeners will, will read it. I have, no. and I was, I was definitely blessed by it. So that's half the listeners, right? Yeah. Um, Amy and Finch oh, has not read it. Though, so, so you've got the money. Yeah. That's all that matters, isn't it, at the end of the day? I also day. don't listen like, to the podcast. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no thanks for having me on the podcast it was a lot of fun i'd i'd love to come on again maybe amy could join us and <laughs> what's the peak internet times there amy we'll have to schedule around. Unbelievable. <laughs>